everybody, happy Friday. Today we're talking to Chip Rogers, President and CEO of AHNLA. For those of you who don't know, the American Hotel and Lodging Association is the chief lobbying arm in Washington, really fighting on our behalf of the hospitality industry. They were, Chip and his team were instrumental in phase one, two, and three of the CARES Act. Uh, now we're gonna talk about phase four, which doesn't sound like it's gonna be as easy. Uh, we're also gonna talk about Safe Stay, the new initiative, and a little bit about Chip's trip to the White House. Thanks for joining. Good morning, everybody. Uh, today, I got Chip Rogers with us. Uh, Chip is the head of HLA. Chip, on behalf of the association, I do want to say, or on behalf of the members, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the work you're doing. You're sort of the mouthpiece for us up in Washington. It's obvious the fight that you're doing. It's obvious the impact that you're having. Uh, and on behalf of everyone, I, I know everybody thinks the hotel industry, the people that don't know, think we're big Marriott and Hilton and corporations. But as you know, we're not. We're individuals. We're, we're entrepreneurs. We're franchisees. So the vast majority of our hotel industry is small individuals. Uh, and we need you. We need somebody speaking for us. So thank you. Look, Teague, I really appreciate it. Thanks for all that you do. Thanks for coming up with uh, Teague Talks. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty cool name. Um, I hated that we had to miss the, the Hunter Conference this year. Um, not only is it one of the best conferences, obviously, it's in my... Totally. It's in my hometown of Atlanta. Uh, always love to, to, to go home to uh, enjoy that conference. So um, I hated that that happened. But, you know, you bring up a really good point. Um, as we work on advocacy and messaging uh, to both the general public and to lawmakers and policymakers everywhere, one of the things we have to remind them again and again about is the fact that we're not the hotel industry. We're not the cruise line industry. That we are, in fact, thousands and thousands of small business owners who are really just struggling right now trying to make it from, from point A to point B. Um, as you look at some of these industries that are actively engaged in the relaunch and accepting business and, and getting back to normal, uh, while we have some of that, um, there's a big part of our industry that is still just people trying to make sure they can make that mortgage payment and wondering how they're going to make that payment. So, so we have to remind people we are a, a large business made up of thousands of small businesses. We know that inherently, and we feel that on the front lines. Are the people in Washington realizing that? You know, it is a struggle because this is not just a message we started now. I mean, we started this many, many years ago. Um, I think the line that I use more often with the media and with members of, of Congress is, look, that name you see at the top of the hotel is not the company that owns the hotel in almost all cases. It is a small local business owner that lives in that community where the hotel is located more often than not. And uh, while Marriott and Hilton and Hyatt and IHG and Choice and Wyndham, they're all wonderful companies um, and they're very important to how we get past this. They are a brand and they are, for the most part, not the owner of the hotel. And so when you help out the owner, um, you're helping out that local community, you're helping out the people that work there. And it is so critical to understand these are small businesses. So talk to me, give me some details about what you have accomplished. Everybody knows the CARES Act and the PPP. Uh, maybe that's phase three. Help us out with phase one, <laughs> phase two, phase three. You know, let me let me walk through at the very beginning. Thank uh, you. What was what was really challenging? So, the first two bills, I um, won't spend much time on. The first bill was just a small amount of money that uh, that Congress and the President put into um, the CDC and a little bit of money in the SBA. The second bill was a bill that was meant to shore up um, taking care of people who had to care for those who had. Uh, had come in contact with the coronavirus. And, and so 
um, paid leave was was part of the second bill. And again, not much money. The third bill was the CARES Act. And this is where Congress did something they'd never done before. And I want to remind everybody, we can all get frustrated. And believe me, I share the frustrations more than anybody. I do this every day. Um, but we also need to keep in mind that what they passed with the CARES Act is the single largest spending act that any legislative body in the history of mankind has ever passed. Not just the history of the U.S., but the largest spending measure that anybody ever passed. And these type bills, of, well, there's no type of bill like this, but spending bills usually take years, years to come up with and pass. Um, this took about two weeks. So we knew there were going to be bumps in the road. There's no question about it. They left a lot of the regulation to the administration, to the Treasury Department to kind of create the rules of how this is going to play out. And with that, we've had some struggles. So we constantly work on the CARES Act, um, whether it be the PPP or now the Main Street Lending Act, which is, which is really just kind of coming into play. We've been working on that um, since back in the beginning of March. Uh, and we talked to, I mean, myself, I probably talked to two or three members of Congress a day, but my staff probably talked to six or seven members of Congress uh, and their staffs every single day. So this is something that um, never leaves us. Um, there's a, a new phase coming and I'll talk about that later, but, but yeah, this is critically important stuff. Um, the one big win we had out of the gate at the very beginning was making sure that each hotel was able to access a PPP loan based on that hotel. Um, the Small Business Administration defines small businesses, any industry or any business with 500 or fewer employees. And what that means, if you had an owner of multiple hotels, um, that business may have more than 500 employees, especially if that hotel has any restaurants uh, with it. Um, what we got them to do is change the law so that every hotel is treated individually. So as long as the single hotel doesn't have more than 500 people, then um, it would qualify. And that was critically important because that covered about 35 to 40% of the industry who now has access to those PPP loans. Yeah, so it sounds like they're listening to you at least a little bit, right? Well, that and we've, you know, we've worked with them every day on, on the Treasury guidelines that come out on almost a daily basis. Um, for example, this is a really good one that I want listeners to understand. We had, um, if you remember in this, in this law, the CARES Act, they created a $600 additional bonus for unemployment. So yeah. every state has their own unemployment rate. So if you're in Missouri, it's one rate. If you're in Virginia, it's another rate. Um, in D.C., it's one of the most generous. It's $425 a week. The feds then came on top of that and added an additional $600 a week. So if you're in Washington, D.C. Um, and you're unemployed right now, you would get a about $1,025 per week, and that's after taxes. If you equate that to a pre-tax number, it's about $65,000, $66,000. Well, for a lot of people, particularly um, those who are just starting their careers, that may be more than they're making already. So what we were seeing was people were taking out the PPP, and then they were going back to their employees and saying, look, because of PPP, I need to bring you back onto the payroll. And people were saying, no, I'd, I'd rather stay off the payroll. A, I don't have to work. And B, I'm going to get paid more money. And so it was a weird situation. We're trying to get people back on the payroll because we have the PPP money and they wouldn't come back. Well, just the, And we kept reminding uh, the administration, this is really problematic. It just came out with some rules that said, look, if your employer asks you to come back and you say, no, I'm not coming back then you no longer qualify for the additional $600 of bonus money. We think that's fair because this was not meant for people who, the unemployment is not meant for people who have a job. It's meant for people who don't have a job or can't work. And if your employer is saying, hey, come back, work, your job is now available again, then unless you don't want that job anymore, you should go back. Yeah, great. Well, we've been hearing that a lot, so I appreciate that you brought it up. 
uh, it's definitely a concern. And I'm glad that you're there fighting. Do you think that'll have impact? Do you think it'll work? It'll work, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, we're already we're already hearing from people saying, thanks, this is going to make it a lot easier for me to get my employees yeah. back. Um, and, and it's the right thing to do. Um, again, we don't want a, a country where we're incentivizing people not to work. That's it. That does not work at all. We, we know that uh, both economically and just historically. So um, if we want to get back to the way America was, which was, was, was going pretty well, then, then we need to use those rules of free enterprise that have served us so well for centuries. I like it. Um, are you having direct, you're talking to senators and your staff's talking to people. Are you having direct contact with the president at all? So we did meet with him in his office a few weeks ago, myself and, and uh, the brand CEOs from the seven or eight largest brands. Uh, had about an hour and a half with him, which was really interesting. Um, this format of this uh, webinar is probably not appropriate for me to tell you, but when, Teague, when you and I uh, connect again, I'll tell you the whole story. Great. Uh, we, did, we did have 90 minutes with the president. About 60 minutes was without the media. Uh, and that was one of the most interesting 60-minute time periods of my life. Um, but look, two things, and this is so important for people to remember when they get a little frustrated about what they see coming out of the White House. First and foremost, the president clearly understands our industry. I mean, he's a hotelier. It's not like we had to explain to him how things work. He gets that. The problem is, is that he and his entire administration are very sensitive to this idea that anything they're doing is specifically helping hotels because the media is going to accuse him of helping his own business. Um, I know that for a fact because... Uh, at the beginning of this virus crisis, um, probably the first 50 or so interviews I did, at least half of those interviews, the, the, the people were asking me, well, how's this going to help Trump hotels? And I kept telling them, look, guys, there are 56,000 hotels in the U.S. Trump has about nine of those 56,000. So what we're working on is to help everybody, uh, including the employees at Trump hotels, but every single employee that's in the, that's in the industry. But they're very, very sensitive to anything that could be characterized as helping hotels specifically. So we have to work through that and make sure that what we're talking about is helping small businesses or at least those small businesses that have been hurt by the pandemic. So what's next? Well, here's phase four. Yeah, phase four is coming. Um, I, I'll go into this a little bit in depth because I think it's pretty interesting stuff. What our ask is, is aligning with, with uh, Senator McConnell on the Senate side. And that is to make sure that we're protecting these businesses that are opening the doors again. And that's not just hotels, that's restaurants, that's retail, that's anybody that's accepting customers to come back into their business. And what we want to make sure is that we don't create some sort of cottage industry where trial lawyers can say, aha, we're going to go sue these businesses because we're going to claim that our client caught the coronavirus while at that business. Look, if a hotel or a retail business or a restaurant is doing everything that they can, which they are, to make sure that their environment is clean and safe, then they ought not be finding themselves in court having to defend themselves. Um, and so we're trying to prevent that. Uh, Senator McConnell has made it his number one priority. Um, I was on a call earlier today with Larry Kudlow. He suggested that the White House is very concerned with it and it's one of their top priorities. Um, so we believe on the Senate side, we're getting a lot of traction with that. On the House side, uh, Nancy Pelosi is not as concerned <laughs> with businesses she is greatly concerned about the employees and we're support, supporting her there as well and trying to find additional support, uh, financial incentives so that employees, particularly in our industry and those industries that have been hurt the most, finding continual assistance for them. Because as you know, Teague, um, a lot of businesses right there in Atlanta are opening up, but hotels, it's going to be a long struggle to get back to full occupancy and it may not be for a year or two. Yeah, or longer. We're seeing the four-year projections yeah. out there back to the same rev bar. So rough. We'll see. 
But I let's let's stay on insurance because you got the two sides, right? I mean, one uh, on the risk side, and you have both employees and guests. And I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yes, both employees and guests. Yeah, and um, we just released Safe Stay, and I know we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, but that is really focused on making sure that a guests feel safe at a hotel, Correct. and b the employees that are being asked to come back and engage with those guests that they feel safe as well. All right, now talk about insurance from a business interruption side. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, it's really how your policy is written. Um, I've heard from the experts that the vast majority of policies are not written in a way that um, you are going to be able to cash in on that right now. I think moving forward, it's probably going to be in every policy. Of course, that's going to mean the policy is going to be more expensive. There's no question about that. Um, there are some bills in Congress that would apply this retroactively. I'm not sure how that's going to work, and that may get tied up in court for some time. Um, I know the president has made a number of statements on this that clearly this, he says that this should qualify for business insurance. Um, so that's, that's still going to play itself out. The, the thing we don't want to have happen is no matter how this turns out is companies having to go to court to get a benefit that they already deserve. There needs to be some sort of universal agreement on what type of compensation businesses can have for business insurance. And there needs to be solid footing moving forward so that we know what the rules are if something like this were to ever happen again. Yeah, agreed. All right, so keep talking about phase four. What else should we expect in there? Yeah, so um, on- If at all. Yeah, well, this one's gonna be a lot more difficult. You will not have a, 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 a unanimous consent vote on this one. Uh, Congress is back, or at least the Senate is back. House will hopefully be back soon. And what you're, what you're beginning to see is, again, on the Republican side, one set of issues, on the Democrat side, the other set of issues, and those are soon going to clash. Um, you have, again, Republicans saying, look, we've got to protect these businesses so that they don't get sued. Um, there will be some additional resources coming from the Senate to help businesses. On the House side, they're looking at the PPP and perhaps suggesting that it hasn't played out as well as they would like. And, and they're looking to perhaps create something uh, different for businesses. But they're more focused on how do you get more money into the consumer's hands. And there's even a suggestion that the $1,200 check that went out originally that was a proposal from the White House uh, would soon become another $2,000 check uh, coming out of the House of Representatives. Um, so there are big numbers being tossed about left and right. We'll see what comes out. But if I could best uh, summarize, uh, the Senate and the Republicans are, are worried about how do these businesses get back up and operational, and the House is more focused on the employees and, and, and making sure that they're being taken care of. I think there's a place to meet in the middle. We've been advocating to meet in the middle, uh, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're there and I'm not. <laughs> uh, talk to me about the Stay Safe incentives, programs. So um, we did, uh, we use a polling group called Morning Consult and they poll every single day. We think they're one of the best in the business. And we asked some questions recently to, of consumers to say, what will make you feel ready to go back and stay at a hotel? The single number one issue far and away is safety and cleanliness. And so we began working uh, with our brands and working with third-party certifiers to say, well, how can we create something that sends that message to consumers and employees alike that hotels are very safe and clean? I would point out, and this is obvious to everyone watching this, that hotels were already safe and clean. In fact, about the safest place you could go outside of a hospital. But how do we convey that message to consumers? Uh, it was interesting in our poll, 87% of people said they want the industries to tell them the new cleaning and safety standards that they have put in place. So that's what we're doing. 
Uh, we want this to be universal. We have the 16 largest brands and most of the large ownership companies and management companies, including Ambridge, who have joined our advisory council to help create these guidelines. Um, and so we're sending a very loud, clear, and simple message. Hotels are safe, hotels are clean, and these guidelines form the base that all hotels are gonna work towards. Now, there will be some brands that go above and beyond uh, what we're doing, and that's fine. If they've got ways to make it even cleaner and even safer, then we certainly support them. But we want the public to know that every hotel will meet the, will meet the baseline uh, cleaning and safety standards, which again, are already incredibly high. Yeah, it's nice to have some uh, baseline for which everyone can expect, as well as the sales pitch, which we greatly appreciate you doing. <laughs> Thank you. What else do you think changes at the property level? It, it was already trending this way, and you, you know this contactless interaction where you can right. check into your room and you can pay for things without coming in contact with somebody. I think you'll see a lot of that around food service. Um, I think buffets will maybe come back someday, but not anytime soon. Um, you're going to have a lot of grab and go. You're going to have room service that is done in a contactless way. Um, you're going to have a lot more cleaning and uh, general public areas that is very visible. Uh, but I will say this, this is very interesting um, because we've already seen a test case. I was talking to one of our owners yesterday who has uh, just reopened a resort property in Florida. And we assumed that the average hotel consumer did not want anyone coming into their room, did not want cleaning service in their room while they were staying there. Obviously cleaning the front side and clean very well at the back, back end of that stay, but not during the middle of the stay because we just didn't think people wanted others coming into the room. The reality is, and this is just within the last few days, um, that this, this particular hotel asked people, would they like for no one to come into their room to prevent any contact, or would they like cleaning service on a daily basis as, as is usual? And almost universally, almost 100% people said they would prefer the cleaning stay as it is with, with the, the, the cleaning teams coming in on a daily basis. So we felt that was pretty interesting. I guess that's what we're used to, huh? Well, people want the room cleaned. It is. And I think, you know, as we send this message of how well we're cleaning rooms, I think people probably look at it and say, well, yeah, you guys are doing a great job. You're not, you're not a hazard or a danger. You're actually helping me. So yeah, we would like you to clean. I think it's going to be interesting. Well, you think the resorts come back first resorts, the drive to markets? Already seeing that. No question about it. Um, yep. We, you know, we're concerned with markets like Chicago where they're heavily reliant on, uh, conventions and meetings and, and, and things like that. But places like Florida, uh, we're already seeing some of that business come back. That's great. If you're near a beach, you know, you're in good shape uh, or you will be in good shape eventually. Um, so yeah, the drive markets will, 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 will bounce back first, um, but it will be real interesting to see, Teague, you know this so well, our industry relies on that business traveler. I don't know that it's fully a safety issue with when that business traveler comes back. It may be a fiscal issue and that perhaps is even more concerning. And then pile on to that, uh, the hotel industry goes as the airline industry goes. So we got to fill the planes up first, right? What are you hearing from your friends in the airline industry? Yeah, so we're part of the U.S. Travel Coalition as well. And the, the standards that we put out with SafeStay, which apply only to hotels, there are now general broad standards that apply to all of the travel industry. And, and what we're working towards is making sure that a consumer realizes every step of the way, whether they're getting into an Uber uh, on a train, obviously in their own car, they're going to feel safe. Uh, on an airplane, how they get into the hotel, they've got to feel safe during every part of that journey if we want to get back to where we were. So we can make hotels the cleanest, safest places on earth, but if someone doesn't want to get into an airplane, then we're going to be in trouble. 
Uh, but the good news is the airline industry recognizes this. They're doing a, a lot of great work in that area. I was actually just on a plane this past Friday and there were about 65 people on that plane. And so that was a lot more than I had seen a couple of weeks earlier when I flew. Yeah, I mean, maybe traffic's getting busier, that's for sure too. Yeah, yeah, I, was, uh, I had the chance to be back in my hometown of Atlanta just for a day this past Friday. And uh, coming from Washington, D.C., where literally no one is on the road, uh, and, and landing in Atlanta, I was reminded of what I love so much about uh, that great city, and that is there's still traffic no matter what. There's still traffic. Yeah. Sure. I have not been on an airplane, and candidly, I don't know when I'm going to get on one. I'm, I'm using myself as a litmus test. Right. But, uh, you know, hopefully eventually we'll get back out there. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. Chip, you're the good friend. I appreciate you coming on and joining me this time. Uh, can't wait to see you again. Let's uh, let's get out of this thing sooner rather than later. Can we? Absolutely. Thank you for keep fighting the good fight. I will. Please keep Thanks fighting so the good fight. We need you. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chip. Have a great day. Bye.